Hello, I'm Kate Freeman, and this is The Daily Dollop. On this episode of The Daily Dollop, I'll outline the key differences between a food intolerance and a food allergy and offer how you can get to the bottom of figuring out what's causing you grief. Welcome back to the Daily Dollop podcast today, everyone. I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name's Kate Freeman and I'm a registered nutritionist and the founder of the Healthy Eating Hub and the Healthy Eating Clinic. Fun fact about me is that I was born in Perth over in Western Australia. I moved to Canberra when I was six years old. So I was born in a hospital over in Perth um, that was next to a windmill. And apparently as a small child, I used to tell people I was born in a windmill. Such a special kid. And I genuinely actually do remember thinking that I was born in a windmill and (laughs) that I lived in a windmill for the first little part of my life. And I actually have these lovely colouring in pictures that my kids coloured in from when they went to my mum's house and she printed off uh, the windmill used to be next to the hospital in Perth where I was born and they coloured it in and I have it in frames just to remind myself of the windmill that I was born in. So there you go, super exciting stuff here on the dollop today. But on to today's episode where we're going to dive deep into the difference between a food intolerance and a food allergy. Now, this can be a pretty confusing area of nutrition because – The way people react and respond to foods, whether via an intolerance or an allergy, is highly varied and very, very individualized. And so it can be really confusing to know, one, if you do have an intolerance or an allergy, or two, how to figure out what exactly you are intolerant or potentially allergic to, and then three, like how to manage it and what you do. So I'm going to start the session by, again, putting it into some context like I really like to do. But if you're getting any of these gut symptoms like bloating, constipation, uh, distension, wind, pain, discomfort in your abdominal area, the chances are you most likely have a food intolerance. And a food intolerance is an extremely common condition which is experienced by many different people in lots of different ways. And so what is really important to note is that a food intolerance and a food allergy are not the same thing. So don't confuse the two. We often do confuse them and certainly just in our everyday language, we can be like, oh, I'm allergic to this when we're actually intolerant and vice versa. They are not the same thing. They're actually very, very different. And one of the ways that we can start to remove confusion around this area is to use the correct language when we're talking about this with each other and also with our GP and health professionals as well. Because for a qualified dietitian, 
the, the word intolerance means something very different to the word allergy. So food intolerances are wide and varied and besides causing you discomfort and discre- decreasing your quality of life because of, you know, this, the bloating or the constipation or even going the other way and having really loose bowels, they don't actually affect your health. So there's no health consequences of being intolerant to food apart from just genuinely feeling yuck or having high urgency to go to the toilet that just stops you from from doing life the way that you want it to. So maybe, you know, you don't like to go out in public where you know that there's not a toilet available or or maybe you don't wear certain clothes because your stomach feels distended or uncomfortable in certain clothes. You know, maybe constipation leads to a lot of pain and lethargy, right? So Food intolerances don't actually affect your long-term health, but they do dramatically affect your quality of life. And the degree that they do affect your quality of life varies between people. When we're thinking about an allergy, we're thinking about something completely different. So what what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through and compare the two on different parts of how they affect the body, just so you can understand how how different they are and how we might then approach managing them. So on the intolerance side, uh, a food intolerance does not involve the immune system at all and there's no immune response for a food intolerance. So the symptoms you're experiencing from a food intolerance are not the result of your immune system being activated. However, an allergy is the triggering of an immune reaction. So they're, you know, a typical allergy is um, swelling, redness, itching, burning, you know, um, blood flow to the area. So this is triggering an immune response. So it's an immune reaction, whereas an intolerance, no immune response. Intolerances are not life-threatening. So there's no risk, like I said, of your health or, you know, (laughs) of them threatening your life at all. Whereas for some people, an allergy can be life-threatening. For those with really, really severe anaphylaxis, so high allergy to different uh, foods or other substances, it can be life-threatening for them. And if they don't get medical assistance, that they can die from being exposed to the, the substance that they're allergic to. The intolerance is often dose dependent, which basically means that you might be able to have a small amount of the food and feel okay, but having a large amount and you're going to exhibit symptoms. So that's dose dependent. Whereas often an allergy isn't dose dependent. Many people with an allergy will get a reaction whether they have a really small amount of the the allergen or a really large amount exposed to them. An intolerance generally just affects the digestive tract and so your symptoms are, are digestive related mostly. Whereas the allergy can affect all of your organ systems depending on how you were exposed to the allergen, whether it's on your skin or you've breathed it in or you've eaten it, things like that. When it comes to an intolerance, there's generally a higher prevalence. So it's more common than an allergy, which has a lower prevalence within our population. Another key difference is that intolerances are a reaction caused by a food carbohydrate or a chemical. And so we're intolerant to either the carbohydrate substance of foods or some kind of food chemical, which I'll talk about later. When you're allergic to something, the reaction is caused by a food protein. So again, there's a key distinction there 
between intolerances and allergies. Intolerances, mostly carbohydrates and chemicals, allergies, proteins. The other thing with intolerances is that reactions can be immediate, but they're more likely to actually take 12 to 24 hours to develop as food moves through your gastrointestinal tract. So the transit time of food from one end of your gastrointestinal tract to the other, so from your mouth to your anus, you know, varies, but it can be 24 up to 48 hours. And so it's sometimes not until what we ate reaches, say, certain parts of the tract, so maybe your large intestine at the end, that then symptoms start to develop. With an allergy, the reaction is often, in the majority of cases, immediate after immediate consumption or contact with the food or the substance that the person is allergic to. So key symptoms of an intolerance are diarrhea, bloating, wind, distension, discomfort in the abdomen, constipation, sometimes red and itchy skin, headache, migraine. With the allergy, your symptoms include itching, burning and swelling, particularly at the site of contact, runny nose, skin rashes, hives, uh, vomiting, nausea, breathing difficulties like wheezing, coughing, etc. The best way to describe this difference that I've gone through is to actually look at people who can't drink milk. And so some people who can't drink milk they are intolerant to the natural sugar, so the carbohydrate in milk called lactose. And so they lack the enzyme lactase or they have an insufficient amount of this enzyme and they can't break down the lactose and then digest it. So then the lactose remains undigested in the large intestine and it causes bloating, pain and diarrhea. Now, some people can't drink milk because they are allergic to the protein portion of milk. The reaction is caused by the immune system being activated by the presence of the protein in the gastrointestinal tract. And then depending on the severity of the allergy, people experience a range of different reactions from mild to severe. So you can see just in that example how people are affected by the milk then affects how they might then manage their intake of milk. So the person with lactose intolerance can happily consume Uh, lactose-free milk, or maybe they just are okay on small amounts of milk and and just avoid having large amounts of milk at any one time, and that's sufficient to manage their symptoms. Other ways to manage lactose intolerance is to go to your local chemist and buy some lactase, which is the enzyme tablets, and to just take that along with your milk drink, and that just gives your body the enzyme to break the lactose down. Now, the person with the milk protein allergy actually needs to find a suitable milk replacement for their diet. And depending on what else they're eating, this is often the best idea to be done in consultation with a qualified dietitian because then we can find out, you know, as the diet of a, from a whole perspective, are we meeting all of our needs and what's the best milk alternative for that individual? So it's really quite important that if you're experiencing any kind of symptoms that you feel are related to food, to start to articulate whether you think it's an intolerance or an allergy. And if you're not sure, it's best not to self-diagnose, but to actually get some really good quality help from a qualified accredited practicing dietitian. These guys actually have spent years studying the gastrointestinal tract, how food affects it. They know the evidence-based 
approach to managing these things. And what they do is they take a really systematic approach to discovering one, what you're intolerant to and two, how you can then manage that intolerance long term. So a couple of questions that I often get asked is what causes a food intolerance? And, you know, have I made myself intolerant to a particular food? You know, has my diet, you know, triggered this or something? Simple answer is no, you haven't. There's a number of sort of complex factors that affect food intolerances. The first reason why you were, would be intolerant to a food is that you you lack the enzyme needed to fully digest that nutrient. So, for example, with lactose intolerance, the person lacks the enzyme lactase to digest the milk sugar lactose. And there are a bunch of enzymes secreted by the gastrointestinal tract to, to digest, you know, the nutrients that we consume with our food. So, look, enzyme production is pretty, pretty complex and, you know, how that is affected could be a number of things that you would need to actually discuss with your GP. The second thing that can cause a food intolerance is irritable bowel syndrome. Now, it doesn't actually explain the cause really because IBS is a common diagnosis when we're not really sure what else is going on with the gut. However, it's, it's most likely caused by a hypersensitivity to the gases produced by bacteria in the gut that are fermenting foods rich in the, a particular group of carbohydrates known as FODMAPs. And so by managing your FODMAP intake, you can manage this fermentation by the bacteria in the gut so that you can sort of minimize your symptoms. And this is, again, a generally a three-month process that you work through with a dietitian to actually figure out, one, what FODMAPs you are intolerant to, and two, what is your tolerance load? So how much of them can you handle and then how we introduce them back into your diet long-term. Another um, reason why you might be intolerant to food is you've got sensitivity to food chemicals. Now, food chemicals can be either naturally occurring in perfectly healthy foods or they can be added to processed foods. So these include a group of foods called salicylates, amines and glutamates. And I'm not going to go into them in this episode. I'll actually chuck a link to an article on food chemical intolerance in the show notes if you want to read some more about it. However, um, managing the your intake of these foods high in these chemicals can help reduce symptoms. And again, working with an accredited practicing dietitian on this area is really, really important. Lastly, stress is a huge influencer of food intolerances and just general gut health. Um, your gut is highly sensitive to stress. You know, when you've want to go to the toilet if you're nervous or excited or you get the butterflies, you know, that fluttery feeling in your stomach or you need to go to the toilet. I, this is an overshare, but every time I go away, I become a little bit constipated. So I don't go to the toilet for a couple of days. It's like my body just is like, oh, new environment. And it takes a little few days for me to warm up. There you go. You guys know so much about me now. But stress and psychological factors are a huge influencer on your gut health. And certainly people who experience IBS do know that it it becomes worse when they're in periods of high stress compared to when they're in a more relaxed time of their life. So look, guys, 
What I would like to suggest you do is get in touch with the Healthy Eating Clinic. I actually have a gut health expert on my team. Her name is Claire Wolski. But the rest of my team are also fantastic at helping people manage the elimination process of figuring out what you might be intolerant to. So get in touch. We can do a telehealth appointment and we can actually help you get to the bottom, no pun intended, um, of your, let's, let's intend the pun. Let's get to the bottom of your gastrointestinal issues. Otherwise, have a fabulous day team and we'll catch you in the next episode. After years of being bombarded with diet culture, I so understand that the world of healthy eating is super, super hard. My healthy eating program helps people who are struggling with their eating habits to lose weight, feel good about themselves and eat well for the rest of their life. I do this by teaching one nutrition principle at a time and showing you how to establish this knowledge as a habit in your everyday life. This is unlike any other program on the market today that simply gives you a meal plan, a list of good and bad foods, or expects you to change everything all at once. Life's too short to live with food stress. To become a habit builder and not a crash dieter, join my program today at healthyeatinghub.com.au. Thank you so much for checking out The Daily Dollop. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so that we can spread the podcast far and wide and so you don't miss an episode.